0: Tailgate live here from Indianapolis at the combine. Excited to be back, man! I was talking to some other media on the way in, and this was the last like marquee event we were at before COVID hit. It was in February of 2020, the big like event where like everything was normal, quote unquote normal. Now coming back here and being in the same like we were like literally in the same spot like that time last year. It's kind of kind of wild that we're back in Indianapolis.
1: So this is obviously kind of a tangent, but that was so that was obviously the last said last event before COVID. I remember we were at Brothers. We did trivia brothers. We won. No big deal. PFF crew. But Michael Ayers, who is uh, was you social here at PFF, is like freaking out about COVID. Like, mm-hmm. has heard, like, the rumors or whatever coming out of China. I'm like, dude, it's not going to be shit. So I'm just like, I'm like, there's no way it's anything. Uh, now, here we are. I was talking to some people. was like,
0: even if it hits, you know, the United States, it'll probably be, you know, probably done by March. We'll get out yeah. of it. No. Like, what are the
1: chances? Jeez, jeez.
0: Well, we are back. We're back in Indianapolis. Excited. We're going to do some reactions to Mel Kiper Jr.'s latest mock draft. It's been all the buzz since I've been down here. He's got a new guy going number one overall. It's the second time we've seen a major draft. Analysts put this guy number one overall. Also going to do some smaller reactions to Dan Jeremiah's latest big board. Definitely capturing what he's hearing and what he's hearing from NFL players. I think a lot of a lot of those major analysts kind of talking about what they're hearing now and at the back end you're going to pro- project some prop lines for these guys. There's no props out on the combine yet Blame on drafting. Shit. So Mike Renner made up some props himself and then uh, delete the tweet and general rational prospect bracket as we go. Excited to start. Let's start with this mock draft here. He yeah. has Iki Aquanu of NC State going number one overall. It's the second time we've seen him mocked Mistake. number one overall. Dane Brugler, who I think Mistake. is sitting right over there. Dane Brugler also mocked Ike Iquanu number one overall. And I'm talking to other people, and it's like, it's him or Neil. Him or Neil, him or Neil, him or Neil. That's who are you I'm talking
1: here. to that's saying that? Other Not media. to say they're not. Okay, other media. I'm just saying. So you're saying Mel Kuiper's off? That, I'm not saying that they're are you saying off. saying Brugler's off? I'm saying the Jags are off if they do that. Really? That's who I'm saying is off. The Jags are off if they draft Ike number one overall. It's not to say Ike Aquano can't be good and won't be good. I mean I wouldn't put a guy sixth overall in the PFF draft board. I didn't think he was gonna be damn good. It's that I think it eschews shoes I always say that word wrong. The way that teams win in the NFL. Like you do you not have
0: need- Ike over Evan Neal on the draft board.
1: I don't want either of those guys, is what I'm saying. Oh, like, really? I'm saying it's choose the way teams win the NFL. You have a guy in Walker Little who can be a competent tackle. You have a guy in Juwan Taylor who can be a competent tackle. To me, all that would be doing would be a cosmetic decision to say, hey, we have to give Trevor Lawrence some help. Here's the help for Trevor Lawrence because there's no wide receiver that you're going to take that high overall. There's no uh, running back, obviously, you're going to take that high overall. There's no like, other offensive position you're taking that high overall, but you're still trying to get Trevor Lawrence some help, in my opinion. Do that in free agency. You have money to spend in free agency. If you really want office line help, go out and pay for it. Go out and pay for the guy you know is going to be good right now. If you watched Dicky Aquinas on tape last year, he might not be an upgrade for you in terms of pass protection. He might not be the help that Trevor Lawrence needs right out the gate. And, and like, if you're doing drafting a guy like that, it's because you're thinking this guy is going to upgrade and help Trevor Lawrence be that better situation he needs to develop. To me the sort of high-end players, the positions you want high-end players, the guys who can be those elite players, is something like defensive end where that guy is a game-changer. That guy gets accounted for then by every other opposing offense he plays for, and that's Aiden Hutchinson in draft class. So to me, I still don't buy it. I'll believe it when I see it with Jags number one overall, and even then I'll believe it and say it's the same old Jax.
0: Multiple draft analysts, multiple media members buying into this idea that it will be offensive tackle between Evan Neal and Icky Aquanu. Aiden Hutchinson now plus 200 to go number one overall to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And then Iki Iquano is plus 600, so there is some value there. If this smoke is real, I think by the end of this week, we will not be seeing that number. I think it'll be closer to plus 500, plus 400. As more media members buy into this idea, that Iki Iquano could be the number one overall pick. Another pick in this M.L. Kuyper mock draft that I thought was interesting. Probably the highest I've seen him go. Devin Lloyd, linebacker from Utah, going to the Giants at 7. Every Giants fan wants offensive line, defensive line there. Grab a George Karloftis, grab a Charles Cross with those two top picks. Try and get one of those guys. I've seen receiver in places maybe Drake London as high as 7 but Mel Kuyper, Devin Lloyd is Devin Lloyd considering positional value and how good he is and I know you have him as a top 15 top 20 player on your board are you taking him as high as 7?
1: No but I, I again like that's because we're baking in positional value to a strong degree I think he's that talented I think he's talented enough to go 7 like if you're a team that doesn't necessarily care as much about that and I think he can I don't say transcend positional value but like if you're looking at the linebacker position, he looks like the valuable ones. He has the body type. He has the range. He has the ability that the guys who actually are kind of that upper echelon that are almost scheme agnostic at the position look like. So, yeah, I, I, I'm i not going to debate that one too much. I think he's going to be a damn good football player. Devin Lloyd
0: and N'Kobe Dean, I think you're going to consistently see my, you know, in the top 10, top 15. I don't, I don't know about players.
1: Dean. I don't know about Dean because of – like I said, he doesn't look like the ones who are the elite players in the position. Lloyd's, Lloyd does. Lloyd's 6'3". He's long. He's 235. Dean is not that guy, decidedly. He, he is a guy who is going to be certain guys, certain position schemes will love him, certain schemes will not.
0: I was only referencing that because uh, we're going to talk about the Daniel Jeremiah uh, Top 50 Big Board update later in the show. He has Dean now as high as 7 and Lloyd at 8. Two top 10 players, probably yeah. not factoring in positional value as much as PFF does because two linebackers inside the top ten, you'll rarely see that PFF, but I do think people are buying into those guys as the two top linebackers, obviously, in this draft. Another thing I wanted to highlight with the Mel Kuiper mock draft, he has two teams trading up in the first round to get these receivers. I just can't imagine both these trades happening, really. Browns trade up with the Denver Broncos all the way up to number nine to grab Drake London. I think the Browns are currently picking in the 20s, and then you have the Saints trading up with the Ravens.
1: 13, 13 right? sorry,
0: 13. Browns trade from 13 to 9 to grab Drake London. Then he has the Saints trading up to 14 with the Baltimore Ravens to get Garrett Wilson. We know Mickey Loomis loves to trade up, but to, to see two teams <laughs> yeah. trade up for receivers where I feel 8 is probably where I want have the first receiver come off the board, maybe seven with the Giants, eight with the Atlanta Falcons. You see a Drake London or a Garrett Wilson come off the board. But two teams trading up for London, going to the Browns there at nine, and then Saints grabbing Garrett Wilson via trade up with the Ravens. Do you see that happening? And I guess is that teams buying into this
1: receiver class? I, I guess both have logic in that the Browns won. Everyone was mock, mocking Drake London the Jets. Yeah. He's a unique talent that you want that type of receiver. There's no B. There's no option B in this class. So – it makes sense from that perspective. The Saints one only makes sense from the perspective that Nicky Loomis always trades up. Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. that's the only perspective it makes sense from. With the way that roster is, to trade up for one Garrett Wilson, to me, ain't putting you over the edge, especially in this receiver clash where there is other options who are similar type of players to Garrett Wilson. So that one I'm not as much on board with. But, again, Saints, man, they, they, they got a type, and the type is – five picks ahead of where they're at right now in that same mock draft he has Jamison
0: Williams who I thought would be you know a lot for top 20 top 25 selections falling all the way to the Green Bay Packers at 28 is that not a dream scenario for the Green Bay Packers
1: I'm getting a little I'm getting a little sweaty over here to be real (laughs) that would that would get me a little hot he's like what Marquez Valdez Scantling should have been Mm -hmm. and they're like very similar size speed whatever's even though Jameson Williams has a little bit of a different gear and definitely has a better acceleration and a far more polished wide receiver coming out. Obviously, that's why he's you know, putting them numbers at Alabama and Marcos Valles-Gandling was kind of toiling at USF. But Jameson Williams, I still think he goes higher than that. Because, okay. again, speed to that degree, even if you can't necessarily know for sure that he'll come back the same after the ACL. But at 28, if that's the case, whew, Packers, Packers would be thinking they're
0: lucky stars. Only other notable I wanted to call out for Mel Kuyper's mock draft, you can check it out on ESPN.com. Make sure to look it through. The Jets grabbing Tyler Linderbaum, center out of Iowa. I think that is the highest I've seen him mock, at least in recent mock drafts. I think more people have him falling to Baltimore at 14. I've seen him mock to the Cardinals in the 20s. Do you see Linderbaum? And now, in this scenario, Drake London's off the board. The Browns trade up ahead of the Jets to grab Drake London. Do they opt for another offensive lineman to pair up with Mikkei Beck and Elijah Ver Tucker and they grab their center, Tyler Linderbaum?
1: If he's, so if Drake London's off the board, and I still don't, I still think you could get Tyler Linderbaum a little bit further back. So if you could explore, trade down. But I think we saw it last year with the Jets where they traded up for certainty. And I think they crave that with Elijah Tucker. A yeah. guy like you know is going to be good. Maybe he's not the most valuable. Maybe he's never going to be Zach Martin, but you know he's a good guard. You know Tyler Lindenbaum is going to be a good center and good for that scheme. So 10th overall, if you're going to, like, the position of value debate, yeah. But you're a team that has missed a lot of draft picks in yeah. the past. That's why you are where you are. So I would not blame them for, again, erring on the side of caution with a pick like that to really solidify that offensive line.
0: It's it's a scenario I haven't seen, but after reading that mock and that landing spot, I did come away, you know, like kind of similar to you. It's like this is kind of a Jets move, right? I do think that the Jets could talk themselves into if their top receiver is off the board, which in this case he was with Drake London, and I think that's the assumed wide receiver one in this class, them going in a Tyler Linderbaum direction, I do think could be where they ultimately go. Before we jump to some of the reactions to what Daniel Jeremiah has has done with his latest top fifty, Reminder that this podcast is presented by Manscaped. Can I get a round of applause? Today I'm excited to announce Manscaped. Manscaped launched their Ultra Premium collection. Believe it or not, it's not believe it or not, it's not for your private parts. I'm talking about a leveled up hygiene routine with your favorite manly secret. This is an all-in-one skin and, care, skin and hair care for the kit for the everyday man and covers you from head to toe, literally. Manscaped is trusted below the waist. Now trust them with the rest. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and go to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping. I brought my Manscaped gear with me to Indianapolis. It's nice. a must. I'm excited to keep things going. I also got to shave my face. Tomorrow I'm going to come a little bit clean shaving. It's, okay, it's well, getting a little out of, out of control. Well, let's keep the sink, the sink a little clean this, this We're going to keep the sink clean. We're going to keep the sink clean. Make sure you get, uh, get 20% off and free shipping with PFF with the code PFF at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code PFF at manscaped.com. Um, the power of attraction is now in a bottle thanks to Manscaped. All right, reactions to this Daniel Jeremiah top 50. I think there's a lot of notables in this. Iki the number two overall player, now on his Oof. board right behind Aiden Hutchinson. Again, buying more into this idea that Iki is going to be considered as the at the top of this draft. I yeah. think it is ultimately going to be Evan Neal or Iki Aquano that comes number one overall for the Jacksonville Jaguars. With that being said, I do think that there could be some growing value on Aiden Hutchinson at plus 200, plus 250. It gets out to the plus 300 range. They could. This all could be smoke, right? This all could be smoke. Iki Aquano going up, Evan Neal going up. Maybe they do lock into defensive end. The other notable I had here in his top 10, Sauce Gardner at number four. I do think the more we talk to people coming out of the Senior Bowl, coming out of the Super Bowl and now here in Indy, everyone is in love with sauce Gardner as this cb1 in this class whereas pff still one of the few outlets now stingley. with Derek stingley number one
1: no i mean i've talked about how i love this cornerback class so sauce mcduffie who dj is high on too. mcduffie's 12th on his board sauce mcduffie stingley those are three and i wish stingley was testing here because i think they'll all three just put it, be freaky in some way shape or form mm-hmm. whether it's stingley's raw speed McDuffie's just like explosiveness and seriously, I mean for Sauce, like his frame. Right. Yeah. He is gonna come in with insanely long arms. He is gonna be a unique frame at that position that you don't often see. So yeah, I, I however you want to rank those top three, I'm not gonna to argue too much. Yeah.
0: I, I was talking to Jordan Reed of ESPN and he's gonna come on the show a little bit later this week. He said in his time watching Ahmad Garner or Sauce Gardner live, so true that he's just like six foot two, six foot three guy that's got long arms, all this length that you want. I do think that he is going to show up lighter than maybe people expect, maybe in the one ninety, 190, one ninety five range, or even, so. ho- even lighter than that. I do think that could listed be listed at two hundred this last year. thing at two hundred, I do think he could come in a little bit lighter than that. I think that's what I'm hearing at least Ooh. from others. The other piece I have here, there's been growing. You know, conversation around the two Ohio State receivers, specifically on Draft Twitter, between Garrett Wilson, the Ohio State receiver that's this dynamic guy after the catch, and Chris Olave. In his latest Big Board, Daniel Jeremiah has Garrett Wilson six and Chris Olave twenty-six. I do think that is how you view the class more closely. You view Wilson over Olave, but. This, this conversation, I don't think, is over. I think a lot of people will still be debating Olave over Wilson, Wilson over Olave. Your reaction to that being that big of a difference, right, between those guys. I mean, he has John Dotson over Olave, which I didn't Oof. think I'd see coming. I yeah. like Olave more than Dotson. There's conversation around Wilson over Olave or Olave over Wilson. But to see that big of a separation, that stood out to me for sure.
1: I do think Wilson, I think I said he had the most to gain here this week. I, I want to see what he checks in at weight-wise and what he runs because Daniel Jeremiah said, you expect low 4 fours from Wilson. And obviously you expect, if you're 600 draft board, I think you're putting a guy who is that size, you expect that guy to run to low 4-4s. Four yeah, like you're not putting a guy 6'9 draft board as a wide receiver who is six foot 190, who runs a four five one. You know, like that's just, I don't know how insane you'd have to be at everything else about the position to do so. So, yeah, I'm excited to see what Garrett Wilson tests like. And if he runs low 4 fours, man.
0: That'd be insane.
1: Yeah. I, I that's think be very good for us.
0: Everyone I've talked to, Ohio State defensive backs, Chris Olave himself. I mean, a lot of people talk about how Olave in a straight line is this fast receiver, than Garrett Wilson, where he has more of the dynamism. Those things, yeah. if Wilson's clocking low four fours, that's Olave high four threes yeah. at that point, and then both those receivers, in my opinion, start to see their stock elevate coming out of Indy.
1: It is the interesting thing about like the, com- the pre combine process about how training for these drills and like actually focusing purely on weight training and physical training as opposed to like football specific stuff for kind of the first time i don't want to say the first time ever for these guys but it can be a different mindset and guys can actually make physical leaps and i like you, that you can buy into like truthfully when they when that tape necessarily when you see a little bit different guy Here than you might on tape. Two other notables
0: I wanted to get your reaction to Jermaine Johnson, the Florida State defensive end that was awesome at the Senior Bowl, so awesome Mm -hmm. that he ends up not even finishing the week, knowing how much he elevated his stock. He's at number 11 on Daniel Jeremiah's draft board. I think he's being consistently mocked inside the top 15 now. I saw Mel Kuyper mock Jermaine Johnson to the Washington Commanders at 11. And then Daxton Hill, Michigan safety that a lot of people are buying into the fact that he's going to blow up this combine, he has been a name that's everyone's that everyone's talking about yeah.
1: here at the Combine. Yeah, I would gladly change my tune on Johnson if he far exceeds my expectations testing wise. Um, but I'm still like I still see him more as a late first guy instead of an early first. And like what I didn't actually even realize, I thought he was a senior. He's actually a registered senior. He's actually a fifth year guy coming out. So on the older end for the position as well, like a Boye Mafe, both those guys in that range. So both those guys can make themselves some money though with big weeks.
0: A conversation I honestly didn't think we'd be having this draft season was Trevor Penning, the Northern Iowa offensive tackle, over Charles Cross, the Mississippi State offensive tackle. He has Penning ranked 23rd and Charles Cross ranked 24th. I thought it was the big three, right? I thought it was Icky, Evan Neal, and Charles Cross, this big three offensive tackle group that could all be top ten picks. Now we're seeing Penning and Cross down there in the 20s. Do these guys fall? Do you see
1: only two offensive tackles go inside the top five? I think DJ's the only one I've really seen this low on Cross and he's been consistently so, but every other person pretty much that I've seen has been, has either had him in that top three conversation, if not even higher, yeah. if not. You have him you know, number OT one right one himself. Now. yeah, yeah.
0: The other pieces here, and we'll get to your, 40 times your props your prop that you've made up for. DraftKings doesn't have these, but Mike graner does. Kenny Pickett is his quarterback one, the 28th ranked player on his draft board, and that does really epitomize yes. what this quarterback class is. His yeah. top quarterback is Kenny Pickett, and he's not even a top 20, top 25 player on his draft board. That's how a lot of teams are viewing this class. I was just listening to um, the uh, the, G- the Broncos GM. He's like what, do you, they're, they're like, what do you think of this quarterback class? He's like, they're all good. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> not, not a lot of conversation around the quarterback class right now. Um, he is comfortably in that Boye maffe camp. He has the 33rd. The Minnesota Edge Defender is the 33rd ranked player on his draft board. I was going to get your take on this. Bernard Ryman, your guy, top 15 player on the draft board down there at 37. Are people souring on the Austrian
1: monster? Yeah, he has a distinctly different spread of this tackle class, whereas I see it being like top three and then two lagging kind of behind but not too far off. He's got his like one. He's got a top two, a mid two, and then rhyming outside, which I still like him a lot. I don't know. I'm un- unfazed.
0: Another another buzzy name here in Indianapolis is Greg Dolchich. Greg Dolchich is Jeremiah's tight end one, 46th ranked player on the draft board. A lot of people flock into Trey McBride. Some people really like Isaiah Likely. Trey McBride... F- fell out of completely out of his top 50 he was previously the 42nd ranked player now he's outside the top 50 mm-hmm. i did not expect him to be knocked off as this consensus tight end one but greg dolcich is another name the reason he's buzzing he's a lot of people's tight end one and apparently he's coming to indy to show out athlete
1: yeah that's that's one i'm really excited to see how he tests um i think i highlighted him as a guy who can raise his stock now he was outside the BFF draft board purely because um I hadn't watched enough of him at the time the last PFF draft board released. But he is a good athlete, and that's a starting point. He's a former wide receiver, and again, a tight end's a position where the guys can actually transform their bodies. So, like, you know, going in, we talked about Hunter Bryant coming to the combine, adds like 10 pounds, and then slow as a rock. Like, this guy's a former wide receiver. If he can get up to 250, and I believe he was in the 240s, like high ish 240s. Um, at the Senior Bowl looking like he played around like 240 to maybe a little under on tape at UCLA. If he actually can put on good weight and maintain that athleticism, that's massive for a guy's draft stock like that. I'm still not top 50 on him, but he's probably a top 100 player.
0: The other player I want to highlight in his top 50 and then even mention some names that have slipped out, Sam Howell, QB4 on his board, the 47th-ranked player on his board. I know you have him in that QB1, QB2 conversation right now talking to other people here. There's not a lot of love for Sam Howell, and that for me just screams opportunity, right? He shows up to this combine and really shows out in the interview process, and, and, and shows off that Howard arm that he does have. I do think he could be elevating some, especially if Kenny Pickett, Daniel Jeremiah's QB one, does come back with seven inch hands or whatever it may be. I think this is um, this is opportunity for Sam Howell, the guy, one of the few true juniors at the top of this quarterback class. I think people are still low, too low on him, too low on Sam Howell.
1: Yeah, I I, I agree. Obviously, since he's QB one and PFS board but i I just think that if i'm going to buy into a guy who in this class of guys who are not necessarily coming into the nfl and about to show out like guys who are two or three years away minimum like has valid reasons with that offense that he played with with the talent level he played with at north carolina to have looked rough this past year and like Yes, he's a kind of going to be a blank slate when he gets the NFL in terms of, like, how to set protections, the NFL offensive sort of things. But give him a redshirt year. Give all these guys shit redshirt years. And I think you still have a guy who has, for my money, is the most accurate in the class and the best combination of just, like, tools plus accuracy that, I don't know. I'm not high on him either, but it's just, like, yeah. I'm not high on any of these other guys. Kind of like, I don't know, G.J.'s got pick at 28 like that's yeah just kind of indicative of, of if a quarterback's 28th in draft board he's not a franchise quarterback so none of these guys are so just give me the guy who these did guys it at the time, right? a yeah lot exactly of these guys need time I mean, give me the guy who two years from now is going to be like his fifth year breakout like Kenny Pickett's was this year Malik Wilson's was this year that's going to be Sam Howell's second year in the NFL yeah so that's what it's just kind of my feelings on that whole. Time.
0: last call out on Dale Jeremiah's new big board go to nfl.com to check that out he had Roger McCreary falling completely outside his top 50. It's a guy that showed up to the senior ball with sub 30-inch arms, which could be a death knell for any outside cornerback prospect. Now falling completely outside the top 50. I am buying into that dip a little bit. I do think that McCreary is a better player than a lot of these guys that could be going at the top of the second round, especially if you do immediately you know, fit him into the slot. I do think there are concerns with his arm length, and then there are concerns that he hasn't played a lot of slot, and he hasn't played a lot of zone coverage. Right, He has played a lot of man coverage. There were multiple conversations yeah. I had with him and others at the senior bowl where he's like, they're asking me to do things I just didn't do at Auburn. And I'm not saying he can't do that in the NFL, but there will be adjustments based on scheme and role for Roger McCurry if he does get drafted into a zone-heavy scheme and play the slot.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think you will mm-hmm. get drafted in someone heavy scheme. Like you're, you're not watching him and being like, the range he ends up going. I don't think anyone, like even if he does fall to the back end of the second round, it's still going to be a team that is man or man principles that's taking him. All right,
0: before we get into your draft props here, I don't even know how we're going to go over these. Western Southern, proud sponsor of the Tailgate Podcast. While you focus on your roster moves, Western Southern helps you advance your money moves, buying your first home, playing to start a family, wondering how to make your money grow. Western Southern's playbook of life insurance, investment, and retirement solutions helps you rest assured on game day. Team up to understand needs and address goals with a game plan built just for you. Get started at westernsouthern.com slash PFF. Before we get into the props that you made up here, Mm. I have to bring this up. I'm the bookmaker. You're the bookmaker. Yeah. Going into Indy, I saw draft props for the Scouting Combine out on DraftKings, but once you get into Indiana, I don't think you're able to bet on them. Because this is where the hell the combine is held. They have right now minus one thirty over thirty-nine and a half uh bench reps most here at the combine. Leo Schnall did forty Chanel. in twenty Chanel did forty in twenty twenty. Yeah. The other one have is forty three and a half inch for McDuffie's been rumored to do a forty four inch and that's minus one fifteen to go over. So if you're anyone, not in Indianapolis, anyone. Yeah, and that's anyone. Oh, okay. If you're not in Indianapolis, hammer both those over in my opinion. I don't think I can. I I want to. I want to bet these props, but it's not available on DraftKings yet. But I would definitely bet those overs because it's not just uh, Chanel and McDuffie that could go over those two marks. I do think that. other players here obviously that's not even factoring offensive linemen right like Chanel is a a linebacker and I watched the video uh, where he put up the 40 reps on 225 he also did 18 at 315 he did 18 reps at 315 which is absolutely absurd but let's get to your book here start with the quarterbacks what's the 40 40 over unders here
1: I got Sam Howell 475 over under Mm -hmm. where are you leaning I am leaning
0: under I like the under I think Sam Howell is more spry than people are giving him credit
1: I'm going over I don't think he's that fast. I I would love for him to be under that. If he gets under the four sixes, that's a good time for him. But he just seems kind of like a guy who phone phone booth. Great, Mm kind of like one of those tight ends. Like a uh, who was the Dayton tight end? Coming, M. Troutman. Yeah, shake you, whatever, knocking out running. What did he run? He ran a four eight two. Oh wow! All right, Malik Willis. 4.55 over under.
0: Under. If he runs above a 4.55, I don't think he tests. Like, I honestly think it's low 4.5s or he's not testing his 40,
1: period. Yeah, I'm going to lean under as well there. I think he goes in, like, the 4.53 range. Bruce Feldman's freaks said he's clocked a 4.5 flat, but, I mean,
0: that's different, right? Those laser times are always different. different. I still think, though, like, he will choose not to run before he
1: runs a 4.6.
0: I'll say that right now.
1: All right, Desmond Ritter, four, five, six, over, under. Over. I don't think he's
0: that fast. I, I think he's a good strider.
1: I, I don't think he's going to be near what um,
0: Malik Willis has. If they open the book at four, five, six, I'm hammering the over.
1: I'm going under for Desmond Ritter. Really? I think he translates better to a forty. And he's, he has good long speed. He's not a good runner, mm-hmm. but he is fast. Okay. I'm gonna go four, five. I think he owns like a four, five flat. Wow. All right, can he pick at four? seven flat that's
0: lighter than how i'm going over i don't going think it's faster than that
1: ah, that one's tough because a four six isn't anything special and like he had that one against the fake slide where he got out in the open field and was kind of cooking a little bit okay but i'm going to say over as well all, all right. right all right carson strong they had to throw in one more in here 5.1 for carson strong he had to throw in one
0: i think under i don't Mano think he's can. gonna run the whole long- that's a, that's absurd i'm five, going over one. four five uh, really five, you think yeah. he was that slow yeah Man, that is brutal for Carson Strong. That's another situation where it's like don't test. Yeah. Don't show that you run a 5-4 at the quarterback position in 2022.
1: You got to got to do it all. No, if you're a quarterback, you got to show it all. Yeah. At the combine. If you see it. Jackson didn't Kyler okay. Murray didn't. Well, if you're not fast at the quarterback position, you got to okay. do it all. Okay. All right, wide receiver. Well, actually, the great story about Zach Robinson told us that he didn't want to run fast because he didn't want to get a label as a runner. Wow. So he like he kind of just strode out. No didn't way. Yes. Really? Yeah. And now that's he said the, he ran slower than he could offensive
0: have. offensive assistant with the Rams now, right?
1: Yeah. He said he ran slower than he could have because he didn't want to get confused as a guy who was like a dual threat. That's absurd. I know, right? Incredible now in this day and age, that's like the opposite. All right, wide receiver Drake London for six. I'm praying under because I love Drake London, and if he clocks in the four
0: fives, people are going to be really excited about
1: him. I like under as well. I'm going under. Garrett Wilson four five flat. From
0: what you're saying now? Apparently Garrett Wilson's running low four fours. I'll buy into that too. I'll take the under.
1: I like the under as well. Chris Olave four four two.
0: Under man, under. If you're hearing low four fours for Garrett Wilson, I every single person I have talked to. Has said Chris Olave is faster. Right, I'm going
1: to go under as well. Traylon Burks 445. I'm going over. Oh, I don't
0: think Traylon Burks is going to be. I don't know. I don't think he sneaks under that. I do think that he's going to be like a true 225. I think the weight's a big thing. He I could, think I think there is a good chance he tests low 44s, four but to just avoid going under on every receiver so far, I'm going to go over. I'm
1: going under on Traylon Burks. I, I could see him being a slow starter though, but okay. I think it's top end speed. I'm still not too worried. Sky Moore 445, the Western Michigan wideout.
0: I think I'm going under. I think a lot of people are saying that he should be a low four fours guy. I think that's that's the hope. I talked to his head coach last night, Tim Lester. A lot of he's saying he's a fast dude. He's going to be a guy that can test well here. All
1: right, I'm going to go under as well. Jahan Dotson, four four eight for the Penn State wide receiver.
0: Under. I think that's another under. I think you're setting these a little high. You're both setting make, these high. You're setting these high, dude. You're setting these high. I think we're just.
1: I'm going over for four four eight, Jay. Really, no.
0: dude. If he's getting put over Chris Olave and Jeremiah's board, there's no way this guy's a four-fives receiver. No, not, just not no way. everyone
1: goes four-four. Those. Okay, I'll go under for Jay, for Jahan Dotson. There you go. Jalen Tolbert four-four-eight. Are we
0: going under again? Tolbert's a, a is supposed to be a speedster. I'll go over. I'll go over. Maybe he's a four-five flat type of guy.
1: I'm going under for Jalen Tolbert. Okay. All right, Justin Ross 5", Clemson wide receiver. Over. I like over there too. I, I speed's just not his game, Sally. George Pickens, Georgia wide receiver. 4-5. I'm not sure he's testing, but... I don't think he, he is testing. Is he not? I'm okay. going to go N-A. Okay, I'm going to go over Incomplete. Let's Screw that. David Bell, 4-6. Under. Purdue wide Come
0: receiver. Come on. He runs a 4-6. I'm going over for David really? Bell, 4-6. Really? He's going to be that kind of guy? Rough to see. Rough to see.
1: There's your wide receivers. Tight end position now. Trey McBride, Colorado over. State, 4-6-5. Over. over. Over.
0: McBride's not clear on a 4-6-5. Sorry. It's over. I'm, all, I'm in. I'm in on the overs. These are tough, though, man. I'm going I mean, over for that as well. I think it's going to go.
1: Isaiah Likely, Coastal Carolina tight end, 4-7.
0: He did show up heavier than I thought he was going to be. I thought he was going to be. Is he, what was he, 250? I think if he gets, if he shows 241 up. 241
1: at the senior ball. 241? Yeah. I think at 240,
0: I think he could go under 4-7. I think he's going to be faster than that.
1: I'm going to go over 4-7 for Likely. Really? Yeah. Really? Jalen Weidermeyer, 4-7-5. Texas A&M tight end.
0: I have no read on this. I'm going to lean under just because that's, that's an embarrassment if he goes in
1: the 4.8s, man. You go 4.8s at the
0: tight end position, you're not even being talked about. In the I'm
1: going over for real. Weidermeyer, 4.75. Greg maybe, Dal-
0: maybe to stop here a little bit, maybe this is why no tight end on anyone's board's really showing up until the 40s or 50s, right? If you're not running 4.5s yeah. at the position anymore, it's just no one's going to flock to you.
1: All right, Greg Dolch is 4.65. Faster,
0: faster. He's the talk of the combine right now. I'm, nah, going, I'm under. going
1: under, then too. I'll buy it. I'll buy it. Jeremy at Ohio State tight end, 4-8. Under. I'm going over. Really? He's a 4'9 I, he's, guy? is not Yikes. a speedster. Not That's... a speedster. All right, delete the tweet. Let's delete. Finishing out the
0: podcast here, we're obviously speeding through. Got the delete the tweet segment. I got to a couple that I wanted to highlight here, and then the generational prospect prospect bracket continues looking at receiver. The wide receiver one for PFF dating back to our 2015 NFL draft coverage, starting with delete the tweet. Now, someone has called out, I've mentioned a lot of Aiden Hutchinson in recent tweets and on this podcast and then someone got me with a tweet and said that your knees are going to be bruised up by the time you get out of this which I felt like was hilarious and I think I am hyper sensitive hyper aware to the fact that I am talking up Aiden Hutchinson and he's the number one player on PFF Strapborn and obviously doing a podcast with Aiden Hutchinson that comes out in April 22 it reminds me a lot of, and one, to call that out, I think that's completely fair, trying to trying to remove bias in this analysis as much as we can and all that stuff as we prioritize creating this project. But I remember where I threw bias completely in the window when I had two interviews with Obi Melifanwu before that draft, I think in 2018 is what yeah. it was, or 2017 is what it was. I had two interviews with Obi Melifanwu, and I fell in love. I thought he should maybe be a top-ten pick, and that was, I had like, so many tweets in a row, full transcripts of our interviews, quotes, and all that stuff. I, I threw a tweet where I, man, injuries derailed Obi Melifonu's chances with the Raiders. And as far as love for football, Obi gave off such a different vibe pre and post draft in my two interviews with him. Best of luck. And I tagged him at Obi Melifonu, which oh, is just no, an tagging. embarrassing and embarrassing display from me. Now, I will say this you, I really Obi. liked him. <laughs> I, <love> you, <laughs> <laughs> I really liked him as a player coming in, sold on the interviews going in, but obviously he did not
1: pan out. Yeah. yeah, and he panned out violently. I think he's Didn't in the USFL out. now. All right. I think he's going to be a really good player in the <laughs> USFL. Here's mine. And it's, uh, it's, a, it's a delete the tweet and a save your likes. Because I said, Oh, no. Said Mike Hughes, former Bike This is Vikings one of my lecturer. least favorite tweets from you ever. Yeah. I said, Mike Hughes is a dog. Right then, just using a term that means nothing, means very little. So damn fiscal. I want that dude on my football team. Not even a take. It's a, I want only that 38 on likes on team. that tweet.
0: That tweet's horrendous. Well,
1: you can't win them all, and I should delete it. But it's Some of the replies
0: out. are so good here, too. Connor Rogers, friend of the show. He's the second-best core in the draft. First-round grade. I think I'm right there with you. Borderline first-round kid. i take a round one. My cue stinks. Whew.
1: <laughs> Tell that to the – Nope. I was going to say. It's a, Chiefs, it's a rough, it's a rough scene here in the
0: delete-the-tweet segment. You hate to see it. You honestly do. Before we get to the generational prospect bracket, Shouting out DraftKings. Hoot fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill good, Mike. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets. If they win, it's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at the big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code PFF, and bet just... One dollar on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code PFF at DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 years or older. Minimum age and location requirements for every jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Gambling problem called 100 Gambler. I was talking to David Safaro, who's a big college basketball fan. He's also our public relations manager here at PFF and he said he guarantees Kansas okay. is winning the college basketball is you know, winning the March Madness, is winning the tournament. Guarantees. Yeah. They're plus 1,200 on DraftKings right now. As soon as I got in Indianapolis, I placed some money on that. I also like Purdue at plus 900. I'm not trying to get in my basketball analysis here. But we got the four-TV setup at the I was going to say,
1: I couldn't tell you a player on any of those teams, but I am now a college basketball fan solely because of the four-TV setup.
0: Yeah, the four-TV setup. Gonzaga goes down to St. Mary's. I watched that in the four-TV setup. With, I was watching that at the, at the house while you were in Florida. I watched that game. I watched uh, the Purdue game. It was a lot of fun.
1: The four-TV setup continues to be an absolute. Did you watch Notre Dame women? Now, I'm not. I have no handle on how good Notre Dame women's basketball is this year. Like, I don't have, I don't watch men's basketball either. But they were down forty-five to four in a game. No, against they come Louisville, back and win, and they were ranked. Yeah, they definitely come back. <laughs> forty-five to four. I've never seen anything, I've never like, seen that anything like, like that
0: in my life. I've literally never seen anything like that. Yeah, Caitlin Clark is the only women's basketball player oh, I yeah, know, you're and she is legitimately in love a legend, with her. So yeah. Iowa. Have you sent her any DMs yet? I haven't sent her any DMs yet. Those shots would be bricks compared yeah, to hers. Yeah, I was gonna say. Uh, <laughs> The generational prospect bracket—it's a series we've been doing on the Wednesday episode in recent weeks, where we look at the top at each position, no top position player at a certain position, and rank them among the last few years that PFF okay. has done. Do you want now. me to redo that for you? That Go was ahead. pretty herky-jerky. Go ahead. So
1: the the highest ranked player at a position every year the PFF has done a draft board, which so, dates back to 2015. Because there's so eight, we're doing years, receiver we, now. eight years we've done college analysis now, and so the top ranked players. are Doing receivers, and so here are the top ranked receivers. 2015, it was obviously Amari Cooper coming out. Um, not Kevin White, sadly. But we had Amari Cooper. Even though we didn't do a draft board, the mock draft, he was the first one I were taken that year. Corey Coleman the next year, who I'll straight up say it, when I went back through and saw him, I had forgotten Corey Coleman existed. I saw Corey Coleman, I was like, holy shit. That was 2016? That seems so recent. But like that guy hasn't crossed my mind in probably three years. Uh, we
0: loved Corey Coleman coming out of Baylor.
1: That we did. That was that stupid Baylor... Bryle's offense that just he ran three routes and still ran three routes once he got to the NFL. Uh, He was ranked number nine. PFF 2017 was Corey Davis, Western Michigan. Steve called him a future Hall of Famer. Steve did said he would be top five in career receptions also on draft day. Um, I think that was the
0: last time Steve had like a legitimate like bold
1: like he's (laughs) like been scarred. So let's show you how the the uh, what's the saying how the sausage is made. They were like, you have to come with a bold take to start the show. And Steve's like, Coleman's, uh, Corey Coleman's top ten. Corey Davis. Corey Davis, yeah, there you go. Corey, Corey Davis, something about show? him. show? Sports Illustrated? What Sports Illustrated show, yeah. yeah. And he did that. And he's not had a take like that ever since. Man. Like Sam. I mean,
0: Sam was also scarred. He wrote the article for ESPN where we saw I- that Tom Brady's done and it's yeah. not going to work out. And obviously, he won up like four
1: more Super Bowls. So that you do get scarred by some of those takes. You do. Um, 2018, Calvin Ridley. That feels – 23rd. Calvin Ridley was awesome coming out. I was that a big Ridley guy. 2019, DK Metcalf. He was 17th on the board. Wear that though, proudly.
0: Wear that proudly. Yeah. Not a lot of people had DK Metcalf as yeah. wide receiver one.
1: Suck it, NFL. Got it wrong for like five straight guys before that. Um, 22, had Jerry Judy. Oh, ah, Terry's ACL. You know what Jerry – I found out also doing this. He's only 22 still. Very oh, really? Young. Yeah. Jamar Chase comes in number six. Or is number six in 2021. And then Drake London is the current PFF wide receiver one. I don't think anyone from this year is winning, but let's match them up.
0: Immediately, Amari Cooper versus Drake London. Yeah, immediately this year goes down. Amari Cooper. <laughs> Amari Cooper was one of my favorite prospects to scout in that early process. I was a huge fan of him. I could never understand why people had Kevin White over Amari Cooper. And that was the year I was obviously a big Raiders fan. And everyone was like, we should go Kevin White and not Amari Cooper at 4 overall." And I was like, you are high. Amari Cooper is the receiver we need now. Obviously, didn't play too long in Oakland, but still, that, that's obvious for me. Amari Cooper over Drake London.
1: Yeah, every time I go back and look, I kind of forget how nasty Amari Cooper was, Dude, was coming nasty.
0: out. nasty. Lane and Kiffin running that offense, it was, it was a joke.
1: It was a literal joke. 124 catches, 1,727 yards, and 16 touchdowns this final year. He averaged like 3.8 yards per run from the
0: slot. He was yeah. doing numbers.
1: And the thing that he did back then that, I don't know, hasn't quite been his game in the NFL – still kind of it but like he was dynamic after the catch too i think he led college football in broken tackles wow. and i think it was like his his Scream. highest i think his usage in dallas has been a little bit different they don't like pump him screens and stuff like that back in oakland they gave him a little more underneath targets but it's he, he's not been the tackle breaker he once was sadly but six one two ten, and that dude was speed after the catch like he was just an all-around fantastic prospect so yeah i i Like Drake London, Amari Cooper is a different animal. So, we're going to give it to Amari Cooper.
0: Next one here is the 2016 wide receiver one, Corey Coleman, versus the 2021 wide receiver, Jamar Chase. That is obvious. NFL careers
1: aside. Yeah. yeah. Still Chase, though. It's still Jamar Chase. Um, Chase was 19 in the SEC, fucking winning So You were calling him last year, like, the best receiver you might have possibly ever. I mean, he might win this. He might win this thing. Because that's what I was saying last year. So Corey Davis – versus Jerry Judy,
0: Eileen this one's Judy. more of a
1: com- this one's more of a conversation. Okay, this is probably Eileen the Judy. big most debatable one to me in the first round. Um, Corey Davis had the NCAA record for receiving yards. He profiled as this like very good possession receiver, but I will say he did have speed concerns, and he had like mysterious hamstring, knee, whatever injury. He doesn't test pre-draft. So I think I do lean Judy because I love Judy, who was another sophomore Blitnikoff Award winner. You know, doing that at a young age in the SEC, super dynamic route runner, who had, who had like his own sort of wasn't a perfect prospect by any means, a little bit skinnier, not a contested catch sort of guy. But, yeah, I lean Judy as well. Even, the, even Like Corey Davis, it would be a revisionist history to say he wasn't a very good prospect. He was, but we were very high on Jerry Judy, though.
0: I lean Judy as well. I mean, think some people who are having conversations about level competition at Western Michigan, all that stuff. I do. I will say this. If P.J. Yeah. Fleck was on here, if Corey Davis wins this whole thing. That guy
1: is uh, – If P.J. Fleck was on here, you would have changed your tune. On Corey Davis? Like that. Yeah, yeah, you'd I be know, like, dude, took, he's dude, fucking Fleck, monster. You're 100% right. So, honestly,
0: like P.J. Fleck, I think so, you should win this. Mark Mariota ruined them. Ruined him.
1: <laughs> ruined him.
0: <laughs> Next is Calvin Ridley versus DK Metcalf. I think it's pretty obviously Metcalf here, but I was a huge fan of Ridley. I, like, really – was high on Ridley coming out, and maybe even higher on him. I don't know. Maybe I do lean Ridley. I, I really liked Ridley coming out. I thought he was going to be or too. is going to be like a phenomenal receiver. But Metcalf, after the combine, I felt like was just a different breed.
1: Yeah, I, I lean Metcalf because I, I think both were, I don't want to say safe. He's obviously never done anything safe. But I thought Ridley as a route runner, you knew he could run routes. Mm-hmm. DK Metcalf, you knew that 230 pounds running a four three. It's going to be a fucking, like, problem.
0: Yeah, yeah, You yeah. know,
1: it's going to be a problem for some cornerbacks. Which he has been. And it was, like, good <laughs> enough, like, underrated ball skills, like, in terms of, like, contested catchability. So, yeah, I'll lean Metcalf because, like, that's where we probably value the deep ability more. So I
0: also feel he landed in a really good spot. Like, Seattle is exactly where you wanted Metcalf to be, right? He's, like, it, I'm not saying for early Metcalf's out, like, only so, good because yeah. of his landing spot. I do think Seattle has leveraged him well, though.
1: Yeah, I, I agree I do think they kind of got, like, he can be more than that. But, like, to, to immediately translate to the NFL, the route tree that he ran was, like, what you would want him to do. But I do still think he can be a little bit more than just the pure vertical guy. We're going Ridley, Ridley or Metcalf stuff. here? All right. We're going DK Metcalf.
0: Okay, DK Metcalf. So the next round is who?
1: Mari Cooper versus DK Metcalf. Coop. Come on, that one's not a, that one's no conversation. Has to be Coop. We're not even going to debate that one. Jamar Chase versus Jerry Judy. This one's more of a conversation. Chase, I don't think it is more of a conversation. Chase, Chase just projectable NFL body. Yeah, went close. Yeah, Judy was skinny even though I think he, he like looks considerably bigger once he's gotten to the NFL. Like he's filled out to a degree.
0: He also, by far, of all the people I've interviewed over the last like month, had the nicest watch I've ever seen in my goddamn life. That thing was like hundreds of thousands of dollars or something. I looked at it, and he's like, yeah, what's up? And I was like, dude, I don't know. I, I, felt, I almost took my Apple Watch off because I was nervous. I was nervous to even be sitting <laughs> next covering to this guy. It. <laughs> Jerry, I really appreciate you coming on. This watch was uh. absurd.
1: Yeah, Jerry, I mean, I'm J- go, like, Let's go Chase. Jamar here. Chase, yeah. All right, Jamar Chase versus Amari Cooper.
0: I don't know, man. I'm Coop. I, I like Coop. I think I'm going I Coop. I, 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 do I think I think Chase is, maybe has potential to have a better pro career than Coop, but yeah. I, I do think that Amari Cooper is the best receiver prospect I've watched over the last five, 10 years.
1: I think it would be revisionist history to say Chase. Agreed. Because it was rookie season. Because there was a real concern over what a year off playing football. What did he do? 100%.
0: I mean, know, was like, people were concerned was, with him separating. Yeah. People yeah. didn't think he could separate.
1: I, I didn't have. I, I thought he'd be good on the football field, but it's like a year off football. You just don't know what that guy's going to come back looking like. You don't know what that's going to be.
0: I'll also and, say this: early in the pre-draft process, people were higher on Devontae Smith. Some people had Waddle over yeah. Chase. I mean, I do think that there was more yeah. conversation in that class.
1: I go Coop. Cooper,
0: dude. I think that's a jersey I want, Mike. I want to. I want to. I want. I want an Amari Cooper jersey, a Bama Amari Cooper jersey with the nine. It was hot, dude. Almost hot. I might have to go get a lot of nine, play A lot that. of
1: them down in Tuscaloosa. Tusk. Yeah. Tusk that
0: would have been that would have been awesome. That's going to do it for episode one, live from Indianapolis. Follow along. We're probably going to have some bonus episodes come out this week. I think we have recording time booked tomorrow. We're going to talk with Steven Ruiz, Jordan Reed, trying to get Dane Brugler on from the Athletic, Deontay Lee is coming, PFF analyst yeah. all the way from San Diego, Seth Galina. Going to be a jam packed, guest packed show. Make sure you follow. Do a crossover? Huh? Too
1: high a tailgate. We're going to do a little crossover, nice. a little crossover nice.
0: section. Uh, make sure you tune along. As we go through here, wherever you find your podcast, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Also subscribe to the YouTube channel. Until next time, Austin Gale, Mike Brenner, you